What's up, everybody? Welcome to another jam-packed edition of your favorite sports podcast, the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rusty Buckets, coming to you tonight on our regularly scheduled program tonight. Here with my esteemed colleague, Drew Gann, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Drew, we have football going on right now. Training camp is upon us. Oh, okay, you got me. I was like, did I'm am I missing the Hall of Fame game here? Because training camp is not football. Hey. The only thing training camp is significant for is seeing what players are going to not be drafted <laughs> in the uh, fantasy football draft that's coming up in about a month. About a month. A month from today, actually. Oh, yeah, sure enough. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, it gets me excited because it, we're one step closer to football kicking off. Like, it's not organized football. It's not actual games. But it's practice, and it's football, and it means it's right around the corner. And I'll give it to the NFL because the NFL, it does matter more than in college. Nothing about fall practice in college gets me excited because everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. And that's the case, I guess, across the board. But you're never going to – nobody in fall camps will come out and be like, yeah, we're going to suck. Yeah. You know, everybody's excited. And everybody's looks. Everybody looks good in shorts and a t-shirt. But it's just good to see those helmets out on that field, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. It is a. I I enjoy the first step towards football coming back, and that's what fall practice is. Even though it is the dead of summer, I don't know why they even call it fall practice. Right, yeah, we're so, in the droves of summer right now. Yeah, I mean it is the hottest part of the God. year here the next month. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, let's call it what it is. It's summer practice. Yeah. And uh, but it's one step closer to actual games, which is super exciting. And uh, we're going to have the best weekly coverage of all things football that you will find right here on the Two Bucks Sports Podcast this fall. No doubt, absolutely no doubt. Um, I think that we've got some jam packed episodes coming up. We'll have some special guests. We'll have some fun things to get you queued up and ready for all things football coming up and i'm just excited for this season man it's going to be a lot of good things there's new guys in tennessee there's new coaching staff in startville i just football cannot get here soon enough yeah and luckily you know we've talked on this podcast a lot about how we have we're currently in the dead time of sports Mm -hmm. But there's no better way to come out of this dead zone than to have football right around the corner. And so yep. it's it's not like you're ramping up to, you know, Major League Baseball, which we're all just, yeah, yeah. we're happy about. Yeah. This is full-on craze. This is, this is equivalent to, like, May in school when you're, you're ramping up knowing that you've got two months off. <laughs> Except you've got two months off. You're ramping up knowing football's coming around the corner. Yeah, man. And we're going to beat our chest here and let out a big old rebel yell. Mm, we'll go that far. As, big Hail as, State, <laughs> ring our cowbells. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even referring to that. But, yeah, it works both ways. Uh, so we're going to let out a big old rebel yell as Labor Day weekend approaches and fantasy football draft approaches. <laughs> Can't wait. And that, I'm telling you, Rusty, I sent out a message. Uh, if you are a day one listener of this podcast, you know you know about our fantasy football league. And, and last week, you got the trophy over my left shoulder here. If you're watching on YouTube, yeah, it's a good looking trophy. Rusty has it, but I especially while I was sitting here, especially while I was yeah. here in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and so I I got ahead of the game here a little bit and sent out to all of our managers in my fantasy football league to get ready, save the date. August the 26th, we're doing a big in-person draft. Mm. Rusty's coming in from South Carolina. Mm. Fingers crossed we get Aaron to come in from Kentucky 
and everybody shows up. We can go 12 deep with a full roster <laughs> to live draft. I told my wife yesterday uh, she is not allowed to do anything either because she is going to be the role of Roger Goodell. Oh, nice. Uh, I will have note cards for everybody where they will hand their pick in to my beautiful wife, <laughs> and she will announce it. And I may even have a uh, a custom made draft board, Ooh. well, ready to go. By the I've time. already arranged for a driver to take me home that night. We're going to have us a grand old time. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. epic. And you never know what the Two Buck Sports Podcast might do around that fantasy football draft. No, you never know. You never know. So I've been brainstorming lots of ideas mm-hmm. on how to determine draft order and all kinds of stuff. So it's an exciting time, <sighs> and we'll. We will update everybody on it as it as it happens. Yeah, because our day one listeners, y'all know, but some of our newer audience, like this podcast started as a way for us to talk crap, uh, give out Drewskis, which are the most coveted awards in all of fantasy football, and just update our league. And so it grew from there. We're now getting a couple hundred listens a week, and we're our audience is growing, which is just crazy that this started as the Two Buck Sports Podcast slash League of Avengers podcast way right, back at the right. end of football season last year. And so we'll have some fun fantasy football content. We'll get y'all invested in our teams and our uh, probably do some interviews of the managers, get y'all invested in this. I think it'll be a fun fantasy football season. Yeah, yeah, cannot, cannot, mm. cannot wait. So, Rusty, Ooh, let's uh, go. housekeeping aside – uh, what you got first for tonight's well, edition of in, our Richard Petty episode of the Two Buck Sports Podcast, episode number 43? Absolutely. So as the agenda keeper and minutes keeper mover of this podcast, I let the audience down last week. I need to own that, first of all. We did a great Instagram poll with some good responses and definitely some some new first-time responders, so excited about that. And I completely forgot to talk about it last week on the podcast. We (laughs) dove right in, and I completely dropped the ball. So, if you can remember way back two weeks ago, we're going to dive back into what, if you could win tickets, if you could get tickets to one sporting event for a lifetime, whether you win them, you buy them, you acquire them, inherit them, whatever. If you could get one sporting event you could get tickets to for the rest of your life, what would it be? Is, is, can I sell them? (laughs) because <laughs> if so i'm getting taylor swift concert tickets. masters oh okay <laughs> yeah okay that's fair you would make more money than me but yeah so uh yeah so what what did the faithful listeners respond with uh so bowen and taylor both said wimbledon final uh would be fun they're crazy expensive you get a lot of celebrities there i think that's a solid choice wimbledon would be that up would, there that's, a that's good the choice. first thing that's that that is the first thing that came to my mind because if I've got, say, season tickets to Wimbledon or whatever, I'm including – I'm not having to pay in this dream scenario for travel. Yeah. So it's given. I just show up there, yeah. and all i got to worry about is tickets. And so Wimbledon is has – we've talked about this. Sporting events you want to see in person, Wimbledon's up there for me. Mm-hmm. And I hate that it was Taylor and Bowen that mentioned it because I really don't want to be in the same breath as either of those balls. <laughs> Well, Vol slash Georgia Bulldog, but anyway. Over to yeah. <laughs> Get Going from bad to worse, but Wimbledon yeah. is a solid first choice to rub elbow with some celebrities and stuff there. Next up, uh, speaking of your wife, she chimed in with the Olympics. And I believe. Yeah, and she made me specify she meant Winter Olympics, mm. but um, she would go to either of them. We're not going to be that picky. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, solid. She would be very excited about the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. 
but I mean, I agree. I mean, the Olympics are also great because the Olympics are, are different. Like when you get tickets to Wimbledon, you get to watch tennis. Super Bowl, it's football. The Olympics, you get a day full of different sports to tickle your fancy, right? You get track if it's summer. You can watch track and discus and then go watch swimming and weightlifting. And then in the Winter Olympics, you can go watch skiing and bobsledding, which would be epic to go. Curling. Luge. Curling. Oh, my gosh. I've told my yeah. curling story on here about my Canadian patient. Uh, it's just, it just seems like a great time right. just to day drink and watch sports all day long. Right. Uh, and also, one of the most unra- underrated uh, sports when it comes to watching live has got to be like all those uh, skiing events the or the snowboarding, half pipe, and all that stuff. For me, I, it's the speed skaters. Man, those cats that are yeah. flying around that rink watching like Apollo Ono when he used to do it. I love those speed skaters. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with Haley on that one. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, another faithful listener, Aaron Tim Buren in Boston, said any venue with a rotating golf tournament, like the U.S. Open, the British Open, the – uh, oh, any of those rotating yeah. ones, so you can see a lot of different stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Or the Super Bowl, so, where his was yeah. his two, but I, that that's brilliant. Just like U.S. Yeah. Open tickets, so then you can go to New York and Valhalla next year in California. Like you can kind of follow it around, right? You know, you can go both coasts at all times. Yep. You know, yeah, players' championship. Yeah, absolutely. That's a solid, solid choice because it's somewhere different every year, and you get to see some of the most prestigious clubs and golf courses in the country. Yeah. College World Series. Mm. If I could have a condo in Omaha for the duration of the College World Series every year, yep. be great. Yeah, College World Series is up there in my list for sure. Cousin Kirk, everybody's favorite cousin of this podcast, had an interesting choice for his, and his would be the Lingerie Football League, the LFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy Kirk. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know no, that thing was still in existence. Where are those teams at? Yeah. Can you I'm name surprised. me one? Landry football team. Uh, no, Mm-mm. could not, could not name you. I can I would like to be in charge of naming the teams, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know the names of the teams off the top of my head. So I use my my work computer as like my as my stats and my different stuff. I would look it up, but I'm afraid that my web lock yeah, would pick it up it. and I'd get fired. Yeah. So we're just gonna not just gonna yeah. not know where they are <laughs> I'll I tell you what I'll look them up real quick sounds good uh, I, you know I know it was a big thing back in the early 2000s but I don't even know if that if it's still in existence hey speaking of while you're looking that up did you see in the Women's Football Association the WFA that they had a player retire this week at the end of their season have you seen this no so it's a women's football league I think it's the WFA and they have Division One, Two, II, and Three for different tiers. They had a lady who was on a Division Two team who had been playing football as a defensive tackle for 26 years. Good grief. And she retired this year after a 26-year career. I don't know her name. She's a nose tackle. Happy trails on a fantastic long-time <laughs> career. All right, Whoever so you there's are. Six, current, six current LFL teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the teams are in Atlanta, Chicago, Omaha, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and Seattle. Do you want to guess oh any of the mascots? <laughs> <laughs> Think stripper now. I was about to say, it's got to be like a charity or a destiny or a cherry no. or sweetness. Right. So Atlanta. Mm-hmm. This one makes sense yeah. if you think about hot Atlanta. Yeah. It's the Atlanta Steam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, the Chicago Bliss. Yep. 
the Omaha Heart. Okay, this is strip club names. I thought you meant stripper names. I uh, believe this is an is definitely a could go either way stripper name. Yeah. Um, Omaha Heart because obviously they're in the heartland. That, that's 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 the one that's not like yeah. the other though. You got these big cities yeah. and then Omaha. <laughs> um, you can, I guarantee you can come up with Las Vegas's team name. Oh. If you think for just a second. Something rollers or uh, no. What is Las Vegas? I, What's its name? Sin What's City. its nickname? Las Vegas Sin. <laughs> the Los Angeles Temptation. Mm. And the Seattle Mist. Ooh. Some <laughs> si- just decent names better than I thought. Uh, but some uh, here's some defunct teams. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to run through these real quick because I'm having a good time. The Baltimore Charm. <laughs> Boo. Dallas Desire. That's better. The Denver Dream, mm-hmm. lots of alliteration. Oh yeah, especially here. when it's two D's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> lingerie football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two plus two, man. <laughs> uh, Green Bay Chill. The first time I read that, I thought it was a chili, <laughs> and I was like, "That's my team." Uh, uh, Miami Caliente, mm-hmm. Minnesota Valkyrie, New York Majesty, Orlando Fantasy. Philadelphia Passion, Tampa Breeze, and San Diego Seduction. Oh, there it is. You know there had to be one about desire, seduction, something. Yep. There's some expansion teams coming. Um, one in Pittsburgh. They don't have a name yet. The Denver Dream. I guess they're coming, coming back. back. Don't call it a comeback. And the Washington Warriorettes. Warriorettes. How about that? Yeah. So maybe when uh, – when the season kicks off there, maybe we'll pick a favorite team and follow them through. There we go. The there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we'll see if we get us some field passes to go interview some of the players, but your wife may not like that, so we may leave that one alone. <laughs> so uh, the first uh, – no, that's in France, so never mind. <laughs> yeah. Have you, I heard this joke the other day. It was a video. This catcher walks out of these two umpires. I don't know if you saw this or not, and he said, you know, I try to be a good guy. And give all my money to charity. But when she's not working, I give it to Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Moving right uh, along. What other, so, we need to get off yeah, this Yeah, we one. need to move right along. This <laughs> is a family podcast <laughs> after all. <laughs> my mama listens to this. All right. So our well, friend of the podcast from West Virginia, Miss Debbie Ware. Debbie said the college football national championship, obvious choice, solid choice. Again, it rotates. You get new places. You get to go watch college football. It's not even top ten for me. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I take. Uh, well, uh, I mean, is it because the Miss playoffs will be are there, great? Or? Well, no, but the one time we go, I'll just buy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> if that ever happens. Yeah. Uh, but every year, I'm just going to have to go watch Georgia play. Like, <laughs> or Alabama. I don't really care. Yeah, whoever. Yeah. yeah. Um, last couple, uh, Kayla Helms, one of my coworkers, gave us two, the Olympic gymnastics. She was specific to the gymnastics, yeah. which is always great to watch. It's always great. Drama, yeah. it's always fun, especially like those Carrie Shrug years, which was before your time. I don't know if you wow. were walking yeah. at that point. but I mean, I would thought you were going like Maroney. Maroney. I mean, I'm going, I went way back. Yeah. We're working our way forward. Was was the, the – that was the that – was, that team was like the first great team. It was like Michaela Maroney and – Mm. Uh, what was the – it was a dark-headed girl. Watch thing. yourself now. Hang on. It wasn't the first great team. That Kerry Shrug team was incredible back in the I'm 90s. Talking, oh, whatever. <laughs> You're so old. I don't need – she's been like a commentator for like 25 years. No, I mean, this was probably the 96 Olympics. 
Something like that. Rusty. I know. I'm well aware. That's 27 <laughs> years ago. Stop it. Stop it. I still think 30 years ago. It was like 1970. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I still, you know, oh, the 90s weren't 30 years ago, but here I am, 92 model, and I'm 31 years <laughs> yeah, old. I'm so. a product of the late 80s, man. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I, could have a, I could have an antique tag right now. <laughs> You do. Every time you get up out of a chair, you, you make that sound. <laughs> well, that's in the man manual, man. When you get up off out of a, out of a chair after the age of 30, you have to grunt. It's in, it's the rules. I don't make them up, man. Yeah. Uh, yep. And the last one from Kayla was Myrtle Beach Pelican baseball season tickets. You pay. I mean, you can pay five bucks to go watch can. them. <laughs> I know. You don't need season tickets. No. I paid 20 bucks to set against the fence, like right by the dugout. So, I mean. Right. I remember the one time we went, it was taco night. Mm. Taco, yeah. It's $2 tacos and tall boys on Tuesday nights. Uh, you get $2 tacos best. from Abuelos, and then you get $2 Modelo uh, tall boys. Fantastic deal. Yeah, it's the best giveaway. Gosh, one of the best deals in sports. And plus, they have a dog that goes and fetches the bats from the uh, after the, the at bats. Man, you're not getting better than that. Do they have any like players that we know? They had a couple that just recently got called up towards Iowa, but none right now. No. Who was? Are they the Cubs? They're the Cubs. They used to be the Braves, and the Cubs acquired them. They had a center. There was that pitcher out of LS. Was Alex Lang there? Yes, for or he was there was for the, a while. Alex Lang was when I was there. When I went, it was Alex Lang. I'm pretty sure because that was his rookie oh, year. And my boy uh, played there for a while uh, from Ole Miss. Wyatt Short, sure. left-handed yeah. relief pitcher. Yeah, sure enough. Um, just looking through there. We are, we're chasing rabbits tonight, folks. You just buckle up. Buckle up. This show is going to be yeah. entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't recognize Drew and any I haven't names talked in a so few days, far. so we're just getting it all out right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, so I don't recognize any of the names so far for double A, right? Double They're A. single A. For the Cubs. They're single A. Single A for mm-hmm. the Cubs. So there's probably a bunch of guys fresh out of college, yep. year out of college. Scrappy guys, young guys. They get a lot of international players. They've had a lot from Central America that come there as their first stop, but. Um, it's a good product. They're a decent baseball team this year. They get some had some good wins. So it's my it's boy, baseball to watch. The captain, Tim Elko, is having himself a season. Batting two ninety seven with twenty one home runs and seventy six RBIs. Who do you get drafted by? White Sox. So I'm now a White Sox fan <laughs> because Tim Elko got drafted last year and by the White Sox. Jacob this Gonzalez. Year, Jacob Gonzalez and Calvin Harris. Oh, yeah, got that's right. I forgot the Jacob catcher, too. To go with, with Lance Lynn, who's been on the White Sox for a couple years yeah. now. <laughs> it's like Ole Miss North. It's basically like the Eagles are with Georgia, the White Sox are with Ole Miss baseball. Right, right. And so my dream is Lance Lynn will never, won't be around that long. But if we could have three Rebels starting in the same <laughs> – lineup for the big league team that'd be amazing well the brewers have two one kind of goes back and forth we got brandon woodruff from mississippi states just right. their, their anchor and then ethan small has been called up a couple times this year and big lefty that's joined their rosters so we got two yeah. two out of five ain't bad yeah and greg kessinger is, is sticking on the roster for the uh the awful team from houston yeah well, you know the, the team, team that, that will, shall will not, not be named name. yeah yeah voldemort yeah and so, anyway, All right, moving right along. That's the rabbit. Uh, Move me along. So, got a question for you. Kind of key you up, Drew. If you had to pick your favorite, it could be your favorite team, doesn't matter, but what's your favorite NFL uniform? Just jerseys. What's your favorite? Oh, um, you are putting me on the spot oh, here. Uh, the first two that come to mind are the Raiders. 
the mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders. I love the silver and black and the on, or the white and silver pants. Love those. I love the Bills because I know I'm an Ole Miss fan, but if you do red, white, and blue right, it's really hard to mess up. Yeah. Uh, they have a really pretty shade of blue. I like that they do a lot of blue and white and use the red as like the third color. I appreciate that they went back uh, to their old helmets. I, they went back to those 70s style. I love style. their logo. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's see. Um, I'd probably say, and I know we're getting to this, but those Titans throwbacks mm. are probably top of the list. Zach right Jones, now. man, a good friend of ours. He he's not he doesn't like him. He's not a fan of him. I'm like missing me with that man. That, like that powder blue, it is sexy. We'll get to that here in a yeah, minute. I, yeah, okay. We'll get to that here in a minute. That's one of our topics coming up. But I agree. I'm a fan of traditionalists, uh, like traditional uniforms. I like the 49ers, especially some of their like those flat gold pants that they wear. I think those look good. I, I like the Steelers. They've been the same uniforms forever. A little biased, but I do like the Titans, especially now that they have the Navy helmets. The Navy helmets are infinitely better than those old white helmets because if you don't do a white helmet right, especially with a small circle logo, I remember CJ2K, Chris Johnson, his head looked like it was a five-gallon bucket with that big old white helmet right. with that small circle. But the flat blues look good, and I tell you, Atlanta has done some good things with their jerseys. I hate the Falcons more than communism, but their their black <laughs> those are all black. That's what I'm black talking about. Helmet are great. Those are incredible. Those like thick throwback mm. black helmets are incredible. They're incredible. Those look so so good. But I tell you what, I'm a most fan of is when teams do throwbacks. And this is queuing up, obviously, one of our big topics tonight. I wish the NFL did more of them. Like I love Tampa Bay's old creamsicle uniforms. I love the Eagles Kelly Green uniforms. Those those right. uh, Seahawk jerseys from the early '90s that that bright blue with those silver helmets look incredible. And those Oiler uniforms, if y'all hadn't seen them, you're living under a rock. It's been all the blow up this week. The Tennessee Titans are officially doing a throwback. It calls the stink on Twitter. The city of Houston is trying to claim that that's their heritage, but the problem is the city of Houston wouldn't build a new stadium for the Oilers. They wouldn't do anything, so Bud Adams moved the team to Nashville. And if you remember, when they first moved to Tennessee, they actually played in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl as the Tennessee Oilers. They moved to Nashville as the Nashville Oilers for like a season, and they did a complete rebrand and became the Tennessee Titans. And so that's Titans history is the Oilers uniform, and they did them Right. I cannot wait to see Big Jeff and Kevin Byard with the red sleeves. I love the red face masks. Like, those are sexy. I love those. They are really good. And what you've got to remember when you do throwbacks is there are a few that are great. A lot of them are terrible. Like every time the Steelers did their throwbacks. Well, they went back to 1936 when nobody watched football. But don't. You know that that, yeah. that was your your mistake is trying it, yeah. uh, and trying it very poorly. Um, yeah, I just uh, I really like I really really like the Oilers mm-hmm. look that the Titans are bringing yeah. back. Uh, you know I'm a sucker for powder blue, mm-hmm. and I'm been a sucker for powder blue way before Ole Miss incorporated yeah. it. So I know not everybody just known me for this long, and you think I'm just a homer, <laughs> and I am. But on for this, I've I've been true because I've always loved the Cardinals powder blue when when you used to see old highlights of Ozzie Smith and all those folks uh I've always loved powder blue I think the only people that do it wrong are the Philadelphia Phillies because they put maroon on it <laughs> uh and so I really really dig the Titans uniforms their Oilers uniforms 
which probably one of my is re- which is really good for them because unlike Rusty, I think that the Titans uniforms as a whole are disgusting. Ugh. I think they're good. And I, I like them, man. I like the flat navy. I, think I they don't look good. like that they don't. Their logo's dumb. Uh, they, it's a circle with flames coming off of it. It's like a play a on the state flag, you know, the circle for the oh, Tennessee. Well, yeah, I agree, but why the flames? Oh, Titans are. Uh, <laughs> do Titans throw fireballs? Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're mythical beings. They do what I they want. I don't like. I don't like the navy on powder look. Yeah. That I have a I don't I, that does I don't like that and their numbers are atrocious. I agree. Like the, to an extent. the lettering on the uniforms are bad. I think when you I think if you're gonna wear like a bold color top, white pants are always a, right. it's always a solid choice. Right, but don't go color on color. You know, I don't, I don't like, that's like especially if they're the uh, different variations of the same base. Especially color. like that's like those old like when the NFL was doing those color rush uniforms and like some of them like the Saints look good, but some of them is just like. Why are we trying so hard? Now, the Saints all white mm. are sexy. With the gold helmet? That, or? No, with, with the, the uh, yeah, with the gold helmet, or they've done a white helmet with a gold Florida Lee yeah. on it. Those, Those do look nice. good. Those do look good. Um, and the Saints all black. I like the Saints all black. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got kind of a classic look to them. Too. Yeah. They haven't changed mm-hmm. much. They're like really. the Packers and the Bears who haven't changed a ton. They're the same uniforms since I've ever remembered. Right. So yeah, so, so talks. Uh, what jerseys we talked kind of about this, like the jerseys you hate the most. Listen, if you go uh, on our Twitter page, I just tweeted this out a little while ago. There's some throwback helmet concepts that show the Titans helmet. It shows some of the older helmets that I said earlier I would like to see more of. So go to our Twitter, give us a follow if you don't already, and check that tweet out at the number two Buck Sports Podcast. Yes, sir. All right, I'll retweet it as well. <clears throat> so. We'll stick with football, but we'll move to college. Drew, this week, 247 Athlon Sports came out with their list of the top 10 most expensive college football game day experiences. And some of these are obvious. Some of these I don't know that I necessarily agree with. I mean, I'm sure they're just raw numbers. I don't know they made them up. But it just seems like some of these schools would not have this. So this took into account, like, tickets. This is, like, parking from parking panes, concession prices, Tickets this is just kind of an average of where it would cost you to go to a game at one of these institutions. So we'll go in reverse order. Number 10 is the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. Uh, average cost of tickets is 190 bucks for two tickets. Parking is an average of $25. Two drinks would be eight bucks. Two hot dogs are six bucks. And so their average cost is $229. Forward. Cheap concessions. Mm-hmm. What's going to play a big role in this? And I haven't looked at this, so this is going to be a surprise to me as well. Uh, what I suspect is going to be the case is that the teams that sell out home games most often will be on this list because if you sell out in Nebraska, despite how terrible they've been yeah. for the last two decades, they sell out every single game in Lincoln. They've and got diehard, true and true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you know that they're going the resale value for those tickets are going to and even the even the ticket value yeah. uh, if you buy them from the university are going to be expensive. Hey, quick! Uh, I'm going to steal a line from Bussin' with the Boys. Shout out, no free shout outs. If you don't listen to Bussin' with the Boys with Will Compton, a product of Nebraska and Taylor Lewan, put that on your rotation after you listen to us. Give those guys the listen, so you can see what a good professional podcast looks like. Listens to listens like, and then you can go listen to Bussin' with the Boys, but. Uh, he's a big Nebraska product. They interviewed Mike Vrabel two weeks ago. Fantastic interview. Listen to it today. 
but Nebraska product, Nebraska coming in number ten. Number nine is the University of Georgia at two hundred and thirty bucks. You get two hundred bucks for two tickets, twenty dollars parking, five dollars for two drinks. Same as two hot dogs, six bucks. Two hundred and thirty bucks from the University of Georgia. That's just not true. Two hot dogs. You don't dogs. get two hot dogs for six dollars at a football. I game. looked at this list when it came out yesterday, and I don't know that I believe all. I think their source is trust me, bro. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Number. You're not getting any two of anything for six dollars. Like you might get one hot dog or a pack of peanuts for six bucks. Popcorn six bucks. Yeah. That's it. Like a hot dog is going to be eight bucks minimum. Minimum. Yeah. Uh, number eight, no shocker here. Like we said off air, the University of California at Los Angeles. Shocker, Los Angeles is expensive. Average cost yeah. is two hundred and thirty-four dollars. One hundred and thirty-eight for two tickets. A little bit cheaper on the tickets, but parking's forty bucks. Two beers will set you back for twenty-four dollars. Twelve dollars. That's piece. more like it. Two thirty-four for like UCLA. It. Yeah. And that stadium, it's not full. Ever. That's why their <laughs> tickets are 138 bucks for two of them. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's bottom dollar. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything's just more expensive there. The scalpers are not selling anything for $5. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that is $5 in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's 75 bucks a piece. Exactly. Uh, number seven is the state champion, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Average cost of $236 for a game day experience. Average of two tickets, 170 bucks. Parking is 40 bucks. I believe that it's expensive to park at Mississippi State. Two beers cost about 16 bucks. That feels about right. Two sodas, six. Two hot dogs would be four dollars. This is the second smallest stadium on the list, but one of the loudest on the list per two four seven yeah. sports. Thanks. For t- yeah. Can, thank you, artificial noise hey, maker. Let me grab my cowbell. Uh, you you want to lose listeners? <laughs> we'll we'll put this to the test right now. We'll we'll decide whether it's annoying or not right now. <laughs> Let me ring my ring cowbell, that cowbell and watch for the an hour, and I bet you won't even sit through it. <laughs> Number six, Clemson Tigers. Average cost two hundred and forty bucks. Two tickets is one hundred ninety four dollars. Forty dollar parking. Two cokes, sodas, twelve dollars. And I do not believe this. Uh, Lauren, please confirm that it cost $4 for two hot dogs. I, there's no way. That's garbage. There's no way. You don't get $4 hot dog, $2 hot dogs at midweek games at college baseball. Absolutely. The, the Pelicans are going to be $4 hot dogs. You wouldn't be able to keep enough hot dogs. No. $4, like $2 hot dogs? I'd go buy 10 like just because they're right. $2. And sell them for 5 Absolutely. To the people sitting around, <laughs> I'd eat two or three and then sell the rest in my, my yeah. cohorts there. Uh, number five, this one surprised me, is the Missouri Tigers coming in at $241. Tickets are $180, $25 parking, $18 beers, $8 hot dogs. Two hot dogs, 8 bucks. I can probably believe yeah. that in Columbia. I've been to the, that stadium. It's kind of a dump. Uh, we went up there and it rained like cats. I mean, it was just freaking flooding. My dad texted me and said the animals are lining up two by two outside the stadium as water's yeah. flowing down the stairs. But 240 bucks at Missouri. Texas, number four at $242. Coming in at $170 tickets, $40 parking, $16 for two uh, beers, $8 for two hot dogs. Okay. If you had to not true. If you had to guess the top three, just give me like three schools that you would think would be in the top three. I did look through the list. All right, never mind. Number three yeah. coming in as the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at $261. Uh, average price for two tickets is 200 bucks. 
$35 parking. This is a Catholic school, so they just pretend like they don't drink. Coke soda is yeah. $10. Two hot dogs are 16 bucks. That feels kind of on the money. That's Yeah. 16 bucks. And the drinks are more expensive. Yeah, for sure. You're not getting two bucks for $10. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, right. Take Me Home Country Roads. West Virginia. West Virginia Mountaineers, $264. Yeah. $200 tickets, $20 That's parking. a rabid fan base. Oh, my gosh. I can get, I can get behind and that. And they're going to pack out every game, and they'll pay $18 for two beers and $12 for two hot dogs. Yeah, they'll pay $18 for two beers and then buy eight of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and then go set eight yeah. couches on fire after the game. Right. And then the number one most experienced college game day, uh, most expensive college game day experience is the Oklahoma Sooners at two hundred and seventy six dollars. Two hundred six dollars for tickets, thirty dollar parking, two beers are seventeen dollars, and then they do uh, two hot dogs are thirteen bucks. Okay, I believe it because I believe that they would sell out. Yeah, it's just, you like, you, you're right. These are stadiums that are always sold out. Rabbit fan bases, except for UCLA and Missouri. I feel like some of this is on the money. I don't know that I believe. I do not believe Missouri and Mississippi State are in the top ten. I don't think so on either. Most expensive game I really day don't experiences. Think so either. I, there's no way. It, no, it, I'm telling you, it's there's not no true. Way. I don't know where they got their data. Trust but me, bro. Mississippi State is. I mean, love them or hate them, whatever. They're not selling out every game. No, we're you know we're eighty percent, eighty five percent most games, but we're not selling and out. And if if there's twenty percent or fifteen percent of tickets <laughs> left. You're going to be able to get on Ticketmaster and buy them for thirty-five dollars a yep. piece, especially ten minutes or you know an hour before yeah. kickoff. You can get them for really, really cheap. Concessions are probably a little bit cheaper there, but I've again I've been to a game in Missouri uh, when they were pretty decent, and they just uh, they they only hold sixty-two thousand, yeah, and there was probably thirty thousand people there, maybe forty at right. the most. It's just it's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. Nope. So nope. All right, what you got next on the list? Uh, for next buckets? up. So <clears throat> moving right along, uh, Drew, I think we missed our calling. We should have been. I agree. I should have been a high diver. <laughs> I thought synchronized swimmer, but high diver will work too. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't tread water very well. We should, <laughs> but I can fall in it. Yeah, we should have been one of the best soccer players in the world because uh, Mbappe, one of the greatest soccer players right now, he's a French superstar, is uh, uh, looking to join Real Madrid, but. A Saudi team offered him a huge $332 million fee to join their club with a potential payout of $776 million for his contract. Actually, that $332 million would go to his current team to buy him out of his contract. That's the world. And so then they would pay him $770 million for one year of service, bringing that their total investment in killing Mbappe to a billion dollars. That's insane. It, it's money is different there. <laughs> you know, uh, we don't spend the same dollar. No. You know, we don't look at things the same way. Uh, as I, as me, me and the crown prince of Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia <laughs> do not, do not spend money the same way. No. Although it feels like it sometimes. Yeah, especially right. It's been I was talking this the other yeah. day. It's been an expensive summer, but I ain't spent a billion right. dollars on stuff. <laughs> right. Feels feels like it, yeah. but no. Uh yeah, I mean, listen, that's they're doing they're trying to do what they did with the PGA. They just want a piece of every single pie. Yep. And they've got the money to do it. Clearly. What was funny was watching like the NBA players 
come out on Twitter and say, I come play. You know, Draymond <laughs> Green came out and said, well, will the Saudi offer me that much money? And mm-hmm. uh, several others were like, come on, give me some Saudi money. I'll take there it. There was a funny video of a guy. He was, like, playing with his kid, teaching him how to do crossovers, and then they show, like, the ESPN breaking news, and Mbappe's offered this money, and he throws the basketball away and pulls the <laughs> soccer from behind the TV. It's like, all right, this is how we dribble. <laughs> Right, different kind of dribble. Yep. Do not use your hands no. from now on. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I, have you seen Messi's uh, latest, uh, his first two games in the MLS? He, I mean, he is ha- on a different tier than these these guys, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a goal, uh, the game winner, in his first game in his opening game in his first game for Inter Miami, which was a free kick from I don't know. 20, 25 yards away that he just put it right in the corner. Yeah. And then in the first minute of his neck, in the first 10 minutes of his second game, he had two goals. Yeah. He is, it's just like, um, you remember those videos, uh, the most viral basketball superstar of all time, Zion Williamson, yep. when he would have these incredible highlight dunks in high school. Mm-hmm. But what he was going against with a bunch of five foot six white dudes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, glasses. He was playing private school basketball and he's six eight, two seventy five and can jump out of the gym. Dunking on a kid who's like five ten, six foot, hundred and seventy, soaking wet. <laughs> yeah. That that's Lionel Messi playing for Inter Miami. It's like <laughs> the know? it's like the Uncle Drew videotapes that came out when Kyrie Irwin Irvin dressed up as the old man and would go just work these kids on these concrete courts. It's hundred percent right. what this is. <laughs> yeah. And so he just Props to him. I mean, he has hit retirement just perfect. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you left your current job for a pay increase mm-hmm. that was like four times what you're making and with you're, residuals? And you're the best and, one at your job. Yeah. and But yet, like, your level of work or s- stress or, you know, the amount of work you have to put in is, like, cut in half. It's like... It's like Mike Trout retiring from baseball and showing up your, at your beer league softball team and just yeah. just shows up and just – it's still – he doesn't have to stretch, practice nothing, and it's still better than everybody out there. Yeah. It's really sad. I hope to be that good at something one day. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I hadn't found it yet, but I'm still looking. Yeah. There's still time, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll take up Candy Crush or something. <laughs> you know, maybe I can – There you go. Tetris. <laughs> I used to be pretty, pretty good at Tetris back in the day. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. So, Drew, have you seen some of the controversy on Twitter around Manny Ramirez's son, Lucas Ramirez? Have you seen this? I've seen it. Uh, what I saw was like somebody mad at him pimping a home run and said that his daddy never did that. But the the tweet did not say the kid's name, so I didn't know who the kid was. So until a few, a few hours later, it was like Manny Ramirez. I was like, oh, I've seen that guy pimp oh a my gosh. fly ball to the outfield that. When he's in the outfield, my man, he's play, he's playing left field. Yeah, a pop up's hit. He starts celebrating and drops it. Uh, or my, my man once <laughs> caught a pop fly, scaled the wall, high fived a fan, and then threw a guy out a second to double him up. So like, yeah, he pimped everything. everything. And it's a former big leaguer, Steve Fry. It feels like a a Karen moment. No offense, shout out to the Karens out there, but it feels like the guy that's just he's just butt hurt, just wants attention. It's just fifteen minutes much, of fame. Yeah. It's Madison Bumgarner energy, mm-hmm. you know, because he just gets mad at everything, yeah. and that's what this guy's it's doing. Just, and it was his son that got Homer off of. So I guess 
his paternal instincts took over yeah. a little bit because if somebody dunks on my daughter and then celebrates it, it's going to be a little different, yeah. you know, knowing that she's like a year and a half years old and like, <laughs> you know, chill out, you know. But, but you know, if my daughter were to dunk on somebody else, just hold me back. Oh, my gosh. I would be insufferable on Twitter oh, yeah. and in person. And next time your son gets – tell your son don't give up a 400-foot bomb. And then why if you're watching on YouTube, watch. See, I'm on my phone. I think I'm going to tweet. I put the phone down. Don't do it, man, because now you're getting raked through the coals and you're an embarrassment to the Fry family and probably making your son feel even worse about the tank that he gave up. And I'll, I'm I'm on record. I'll go on record again. This Baseball needs to do two things. They need to bring back steroids, <laughs> and they need to pimp everything. Absolutely. Let's go. Drew, we had one of the most boring golf tournaments as far as drama that we've had in a long time in the British Open last weekend. Did you watch any of you it? Know, I did. I watched a good bit of it actually, and it feels like the it was the third major in a row that I was waiting and rooting for Roy McIlroy to surge, and he never did. Mm-hmm. So props to Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon, the lefty who's from America, about five foot two, five foot three. Yeah, who is uh, you know barely older than Rusty. <laughs> uh, uh, comes and wins the Open, not the British Open or the Open Championship, the Open. Mm, the Open. To win the coveted Claret Jug mm-hmm. and to do it by more, uh, five or more strokes. Uh, just sheer domination uh, starting on Saturday where he jumped up the leaderboard and really separated himself from everybody on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Sunday he just – Coasted. He just coasted, He did what he needed know, he to just, do. And, and a st- you know, there was a point in the – probably about the fifth or sixth hole – on the about midway through the front nine, where he bogeyed two holes back to back, and it was just kind of like, or maybe bogeyed, bogeyed one hole, and and uh, and McElroy was three under, four under for the day, and you were like, all right, this is the time where he can falter, but then he just birdied the next two holes, and it was over. Yeah. At that point. It was over at the turn, and and shout, like you said, shout out Brian Harmon, just a great weekend, his first major. Uh, a couple of other points. This is the first time Scotty Scheffler finished outside the top 12 since October in a major event. And one of the biggest stats, you know, they, they made a big deal out of these deep pot bunkers where they had these tall walls. And if you got in there, a lot of guys are banking it off to hit it back. Tony Finau putted one backwards to get out. It's just an impossible situation to find yourself in. And Brian Harmon's bunker performance. On Thursday, he hit in zero bunkers. On Friday, he hit two. Saturday, he hit zero. Sunday, he landed in one, and that was on number 18. Uh, just an, a dominant performance, played solid golf. I had a friend, Ryan Minmuir, was there. He flew out there with some friends, and he said it just rained the entire time. He was sending us pictures, and all it was was him in rain jackets. And I told him, you're getting a proper English welcome with all that rain and overcast skies. But said it was a good time, good tournament to be at. But Brian Harmon just so, was the was the story, winning by six strokes. And what was the craziest stat I saw on this was that after the round was over, he finished the weekend holding the claret jug and making fifty eight of fifty nine putts inside of ten feet, which is incredible. Yeah. Even for a professional golfer, a ten foot putt can be very difficult and to complete the whole weekend and only miss one putt on the inside inside of 10, 10 feet yeah. or 10 yards. Is it 10 yards? Or 10, 10 feet. feet. A putting would be 10 feet. Yeah, 10 feet. And, uh, yeah, that's right. And so 58 of 59 on putting 
within 10 feet and not three putting the whole weekend that's is incredible. incredible. That's incredible. And, and that's it makes for a boring that's golf. That's what I'm saying. But it was it boring, is. but good for Brian Harmon. Dominating performances are a lot of times boring. And nothing against you know? him at all. It was just not entertaining golf to watch. And, you know, the inverse of that was Scotty Scheffler, who was top five in, in fairways hit, greens in regulation, and one other stat I can't remember. But he was 156 out of 156 golfers in putting. Just couldn't make a putt yeah, to save his life. It's always been his struggle. And it, it reared its ugly head this past weekend. But Harmon got a payout of $1.404 million, a 4% increase from 2022, and an 18% increase from 2021. So heading heading north, and he got a nice little $1.4 million payout. Shout out Brian Harmon, which leads us to we've got the Ryder Cup on the horizon. So those of you that don't know, there's a point system that they that the players are judged off of to make the Ryder Cup. So you've got six, the top six players in the U.S. with the most points are automatic qualifiers, and then the captain has six choices that he can make outside of that. So right now, the top six that would automatically qualify for the U.S. Ryder Cup team would be Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, at number two, Brian Harmon jumped 17 spots to the third position. Mm. Brooks Kepka is in fourth. Xander Shoffley is in fifth. And slow play, Patrick Cantlay is in sixth. Which Harmon can't say much about Cantlay. They, they counted 16 waggles before one of his shots on Saturday. Nah, who cares? He, he won. won. I don't want to hear That's it. That's it. No, I don't want to hear it. But, yeah, just outside would be Max Homa, Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, and Keegan Bradley round out the top ten. Ricky Keegan Bradley. Regan, uh, Ricky Fowler's in 12th. Justin Look at who's on last. Thomas yeah, is Justin 14. Thomas. Justin Thomas is 14. He has had a rough He's stretch. in real – He's you know, there's only 12 people that made the Ryder Cup. He's in real danger of missing the Ryder Cup. It was a it was a fake uh, it was a fake account, but they asked uh, Tiger about it, and he said, "Well, he recently got married, and so that's been his problem." <laughs> yeah. um, Tiger knows Tiger about, knows about that. Uh, a couple names surprised me. Tony Finau kind of fell down a little bit. He's 19th. Um, surprised to see him that low. But Deschambeau, I was looking for him. Uh, he is in like they just those live guys just haven't played enough tournaments. And they just and they haven't played. I mean, yeah. Kepka has won and played well, which is why he's in the top. Yeah, he five. won a major. He yeah. won a major. Got plenty of points for that. Same but. way with Wyndham Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, he won a major. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting top six. Not the top six that I would have picked or projected or expected. But I mean, those guys are playing good golf right now, especially Wyndham Clark. Yeah, man, he's really playing some some good golf. Yeah, he was in the mix mm-hmm. on the weekend. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, Drew, in some not-so-exciting news, not-so-great news, man, Bronny James had a cardiac event uh, over, I think it was over the weekend, Monday. I believe was Monday. It, it was day before okay, yesterday. Was yesterday Monday. Monday. He, it was uh, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. This is a statement made by a family spokesperson saying we ask for respect and privacy for the James family and we'll update with more information. That was yesterday at 11 a.m. And it's wild to see a lot of these young kids dropping with these cardiac events and and different issues right now. Yeah, it's scary because you look at, like, Keontae Johnson Mm -hmm. at uh, Florida when he collapsed, and then you had DeMar Hamlin, which was a contact injury. Uh, Then you have... Bronny, and you know Bronny has always been taken care of. You know, basketball is all he does, so you know it's not anything – or you hope it's not anything extracurricular that's going on, which uh, 
shouldn't be the case. So, uh, yeah, it's scary, and I don't know what you look at or as, you know, as a the son of, you know, arguably the GOAT, you know, according to a lot of people, you live in a basketball lifestyle. You're groomed to be the next, the next, you know, carry on the James name. You're the, the first kid of LeBron James. You have high expectations, and he's lived his whole life with that. And as he's going into his senior or his freshman year of college, uh, probably one year away from the pros to have a cardiac event and collapse on a court is terrifying. And if you're LeBron and Savannah, just as a parent, like how do you put that out of your mind? How do you have peace with uh, with getting your heart rate up, letting your son get his heart rate up for any length of time? Yeah. You know, knowing that his heart has already given him problems one time. You know, hopefully, as a parent, you will. I would assume you hope you find something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you don't want to not find anything right. when they go and do all their testing. You hope that you can find an issue that you can correct and have peace of mind about, yeah. and it's not constantly living in the back of your mind that it could happen again and so uh thoughts and prayers to them for sure you know it's actually the uh, second straight year that the trojans had somebody suffer a cardiac arrest in practice they had their center vincent uh, and you know me and pronounce pronounce the last name so this yeah. is probably gonna give be it your wrong. best shot iwa chukyu iwa chukyu yeah. Yeah, you said it right, probably. Close enough. Doubt it. Uh, one of the top incoming freshmen in college last year had a uh, cardiac arrest on July 1st, 2022, was hospitalized for a few days. He's back playing for USC, played 14 games in him this year uh, This year for them. Uh, but scary scene for sure. Shout out to the medical staff at USC and the fire rescue teams that worked on him. They were able to get him stabilized and, and limit the lack of blood flow to his brain and vital organs. So hopefully he'll be back. USC is getting ready to go on a European tour, playing in Greece and Croatia and a couple other places. So I'm going to say he's probably going to miss that. that, but hopefully he'll be back yeah. uh, by season start. So shout out Ronnie James yeah. and hope you get to feeling better, man. Yeah, it just uh, it sucks, <laughs> you know. And basketball is the last thing that's probably on their mind right now. Right. But you, but in regards to basketball, you know. You get one year at college. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. He's an elite. Re- he's an elite recruit. He's going to be a first round pick. If even if it's based on name alone, it's going to be a first round pick. And so you really want to have that college experience and and have it to the fullest. The one year that you're going to be there. And so I hope that for no other reason. I hope that he comes back and is able to enjoy his his semester of college exactly while he's there and there's a lot of hype around usc with caleb williams on the football team Bronnie james on the basketball team they brought in another top recruit of the basketball team so hopefully he'll get back and uh, be back to what he was before he had this little incident no doubt doubt. (laughs) so drew i don't know if you saw this and i'm sure you did apparently there was a a zoom call with all of the top running backs in the nfl this past week did you see this I did. Uh, are the running backs going to unionize? So, basically, they got <laughs> together and they had like a Wednesday night or like a Sunday night Zoom call. It was Saquon. It was Josh Jacobs. It was Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey. It was a lot of the big heavy hitters from the league jumped on a Zoom call talking about the future of their position after, like we talked about last week on the pod, Josh Jacobs, Saquon, and Tony Pollard, three of the best young running backs in the NFL right now, did not get contracts extended to them and did not make it and didn't sign their franchise tenders because they were working on contracts. 
But what came out yesterday looks like Saquon was on that call saying, yeah, we in this thing together. We're we going to hang in this thing together. Meanwhile, he's texting his agent under the table saying, let me get that bag. Because he signed a one-year $10 million, $11 million if you round up, contract with the New York Jets with a $10 million. Giants. Oh, yeah, sorry, New York Giants. Giants $10 million, $91,000. And will earn a base salary of $8 million with a $2,000 million sign-on bonus. And some oh, my goodness. Start over. Yeah, sorry, it's a lot of you numbers. You just said $2,000 million. <laughs> it's a $10 million, $91,000 contract. Base salary of eight million ninety one thousand and a signing bonus of two million dollars. Here we go. This is a live you podcast. Go. You get what you pay yeah. for here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see Saquon's getting a lot of grief over that, and and I get it, I guess. But what they're mad about is the franchise yeah. tag. They can franchise tag them for two years, and they pay them. I don't remember how the, what the calculus is that goes into it, but it's like. It's like uh, market value plus some. You know, it's like the market value of the top ten running backs average together, something like right. that. Right, and so there's a there's a franchise tag and there's a transition tag, and so the quarterback is the highest, and the and the left tackle, the starting tackle, is the lowest in the NFL. Running back is next to lowest, just above the tackle at ten million ninety one thousand. What Saquon signed quarterbacks? If you franchise tag a quarterback, which the Ravens have done with Lamar. Uh, this year would have been $32,416,000. So it's a hefty hit, but that's, like you said, the average of the top players at that team or at that position. And I think what Saquon did was he took a deal to avoid from getting franchise tagged. Because what it is, it's, so he played out his rookie contract. He's eligible f- for a major deal. And so the NFL team, they can franchise tag one player and they can franchise the same player two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And so basically he just added an extra year onto his contract yep. with the Giants because instead of using the franchise tag this year and probably next year, he will now franchise tag next year and the next. Yeah, if they don't come to a contract agreement in the offseason, which they clearly didn't before this year. And so the franchise tag buys the NFL team time. But after those two times, it's time to you know what or get off the pot. It's either a big right. extension or they have the they those players may walk. But what it made it what made it look worse was that he basically signed for the same amount of money as the franchise tag. Hundred percent. It's so. it's the franchise tag without the franchise tag and it came just Barely 48 hours after this big, we're in this together Zoom call where we're going to hold out. Josh Jacobs hopped on a plane out of – he's not even in Las Vegas right now while they're practicing. He left town. And you got Saquon signing this deal on the heels of that call, which is – the timing seemed off. But, you know, again, we're both proponents of getting your money while you can in the NFL. Could he got a better deal somewhere else? Maybe. But the Giants are clearly not interested in trading Saquon Barkley. So he got what he could get right now. Yeah, they'll never get what – and I, I went on this spiel last week on the podcast where uh, I kind of understand both parties here. Like, one, I understand the general manager's not giving huge ex- extended year contracts to running backs because they rarely hold up. They don't hold their value for a We long. talked about that last week. And, you know, we're not – yeah, and we're not talking about people here. We're not talking about Saquon Barkley. We're talking about running backs. You know, when you assign a – a name and a personality and feelings to it, it it changes the chemistry a little bit. But running backs as a whole, they don't their shelf life isn't good. Two and a half years you know? max is what most of them are. Right. 
Right. And so, you know, running back is a nice fresh fish that you've got in your refrigerator. You know, you've got to eat that in like three days, you know, but it's elite for like three days. <laughs> you know, you try, you try to eat that fish two weeks later, it's run, you know. <laughs> yeah, big time. And so you don't want you, – you, you want to get you want to get the running back in the first – you know, the, in the – you want to you want to eat that running back quick, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Use him up, man. Ride him to the wheels fall <laughs> yeah. off because the Derrick Henrys are yeah. not normal. They're not normal right. to be that productive. You know, you get the guys and, and that's, that are flashing that's exactly the paint, right? That's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys did. They ran the wheels off of Zeke and said, "All right, see you later." Yep, hundred percent. Or they or they just so. get fat like Eddie Lacy did and they don't make the cut anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I sympathize. I sympathize with them. Everybody wants to make their money, but you know. It, it is what it it's is. The, it's the nature just, of the NFL. It is a pass yeah. first. It is a run, an RPO league, and an emphasis on that pass option. Man, they don't run the ball like and, they used to. The the days like Derrick Henry you got a salary cap. You got a salary cap. You know? Derrick Henry might be the last of the breed for a while. It's cyclical. It'll come back. I'm sure at some point. But Derrick Henry is really going to be the last of those bruising backs outside of goal line and short yardage packages like we grew up with in the 90s and early 2000s in the days of the Jerome Bettis, Todd Gurley for that short window, you know, those big bruising running backs, Eddie George when I was a kid. Right. And Todd Gurley with that short window, it's exactly what you just said. 100%. It's a short window. 100% with and physical so, running backs. You know, I hope, you know, guys like Dalvin and – um, Dalvin and Saquon, they've got legs left. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about Absolutely. that. Saquon's they deserve to be on a team. 100%. The fact that they're not on a team is strictly agents, yeah. you know, because – and it's pride. You know, they they want to sign a big deal. They think it's their turn, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I get it. It's your turn to get paid, and you want to get paid. And so do what you got to do to get paid. Yeah, that's it, man. Get your, but, get your money. Uh, but And they've got legs left on them. Uh what what if you know Naheem Hines was injured in a jet ski accident for the season? Yeah. Uh Dalvin Cook in Buffalo's offense would be a lot of fun. Hundred percent, man. They and that's what they've missed these last couple of years is you still need that running back change of pace and they haven't had that. And that's what that's what he's looking for. And if you can't make the money, you want to go to a contender. Right. And so Buffalo can do that. You know, Buffalo for a shorter deal would be more likely, in my opinion to pay somebody like Dalvin Cook because their window is now. Now. <laughs> now. Yeah. Right now. Von Miller ain't getting you know, any younger. Josh Allen needs to win now. They've got Stefan in, in the height of his career. Yeah. Their window is not short-lived. You've still got Josh Allen for the next 10 years. But you can win right now. They've just been that one piece away, and, and – it just feels like they're just missing that one piece, and it could be a Dalvin Cook or somebody like that, and uh, hopefully you know, he gets his bag. Speaking of getting bags, man, NFL quarterbacks are getting paid. It's something that we've known for a while, but Aaron Rodgers pulled one of the biggest stunts I've ever seen in a contract negotiation today. It came out, so he would not take a pay cut in Green Bay. He kept getting these fat deals in the same time when Tom Brady was taking cuts in New England and then Tampa Bay, and these quarterbacks were taking pay cuts to bring in talent. Aaron Rodgers said, not me, you're going to pay me. So he ends up with a bunch of rookies and receivers that nobody's ever heard of. And so he finally gets out of Green Bay, which is what he was trying to do the whole time, goes to the New York football Jets, and then renegotiates his contract today. Did you see this? 
I didn't. So he took his contract. It was a two-year deal originally that they inherited from Green Bay for $108.7 million. Adam Schefter tweeted out today that he voluntarily, he went to the Jets and voluntarily took a pay cut after he wouldn't do it in Green Bay, took all of Green Bay's talent with him, or most of it anyway, voluntarily took a $35 million pay cut on his deal that will allow the Jets to acquire more talent than they would have under the contract that they assumed from Green Bay in April. So a $35 million pay cut when he wouldn't even give Green Bay any wiggle room. <laughs> that's that's got to be worked out some kind of way. I'm sure. Because it, it's not, that's not face value. That's like they stretched it. You know, he may have like a Bobby Bonilla contract mm-hmm. in 10 years. We look back and, you know, you know they restructure contracts a, all the time. It's a short-term 31% pay cut they for the next could, two years, but he's going to make that money in incentives or right. deals down the road. Uh, could be delayed. A lot of times what they, what they do is they convert that to a signing bonus, mm-hmm. and so it takes the money off, under, off of the cap. Right. You know, for the next year. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we'll give you all this now, but it frees up a lot of money going forward. Something like that, or they stretch it, or whatever. Uh, the point is, he wanted his money, he wanted it up front from the Green Bay Packers, and he's willing to work with the Jets. Yeah, especially because the Packers didn't seem that they were willing to work with him. They drafted his replacement pretty soon. They've, it felt like they'd been on the uh, in the outs for a few years, so I don't know that I blame him for not taking a pay cut from them. But this is – you talk about like a locker room move. Those dudes in that locker room are going to be like, that's our boy. That's our guy right there. He took a pay cut so we could get more talent and make us competitive. They go out and get somebody, man. They've got Brees Hall coming back from injury. Garrett Wilson is is, is in his second year is going to be better. you got Sauce Gardner. That defense is good. Quinn and Williams. Like, the Jets have a chance now. And then they add another piece or two, and they're just only going to get better. They're going to fight for first place in the AFC North. With the Bills. With, with the Because the Dolphins are going to fall and off. Miami. It's going to be the best division in football. I don't know that the Dolphins will be as good as they were last year. It all depends on Tua. They're good, man. Tua doesn't suck. And he doesn't, and but can he stay healthy? This. It, that's the question. That's the question. I, I'll I'll concede that. That needs to be... That needs to be a contingency in any kind of because their defense is Miami great. prediction. Their defense you know. is great. Tyreek is great. Weapons. They've got weapons. Jalen Waddle is great. It's just can Tua stay healthy? And there's some saying that he can because there was a clip of him in a hoodie with a little sleeve tattoo poking out at the bottom. And when dudes get a sleeve, yeah, he showed it today. When dudes get a sleeve, man, they get tough all of a sudden. Those Samoans with their sleeves. You, <laughs> you don't mess with them. They don't bet against them. No, absolutely not. Unless you're Manti Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you just pretend like you got to pretend like yeah. you're a girlfriend. Um, yeah. But speaking of quarterbacks getting a bag, Justin Herbert's contract came out this week and made him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now on a five year, $262.5 million contract. That's 2.5 more than Lamar got. And then Jalen Hurts signed his five-year, $255 million deal earlier this offseason. What kind of money does that mean Joe Burrow is going to get? Because Burrow is going to be coming up. It's more. It's going to be a lot more. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. Joe Joe Burrow does not start negotiating. Will not negotiate until Cincinnati commits to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I think his that's where it starts. I think his floor you know? is two hundred seventy million guaranteed. I think he's going to start there and go up. He is way better than anybody on that list, just from a pure arm winning standpoint. Maybe Lamar could make an you know, and Jalen played in the Super Bowl, but so has you know Joe Shiesty. Right. I think two seventy is where he starts, and it only goes north from there. Yeah, I mean that's just. I mean, I guess. 
So he was the, was he the, he was the year after Herbert. So you would think this time next year Joe Burrow signs a massive five year contract. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're, it's fair to say that he'll make two hundred seventy million dollars. Yeah. It's coming, man. He's go, he's going to get paid as he deserves. That's for sure. So, one of the favorite things by the NFL players, and me as a fan, is every year the NFL releases who are their top 100 players in the league. They start with the top 100. They usually release them about 20 at a time. And, and Drew, so far we have players 100 down to 81. So, we've got 19, 20 of the best players in the NFL. I'll run through the list real quick. I know you got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts. I'll kind of run through who we've got so far. <clears throat> At 100 is Devontae Smith, the Eagles, 99, Demarcus Lawrence, 98, Tristan Wirfs, tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 97, Harrison Smith, 96, Trevor Lawrence. It feels a little bit low. I know there's some hype going into this officer this next season for him. 95, Jamal Williams, one of my favorite personalities in the NFL. Just a kid no playing doubt. football, man. I love watching him play, and his interviews are fantastic. Uh, 94, Terry McLaurin. 93, Eric Kendricks, the former Minnesota Viking, current uh, L.A. Charger. 92, Marlon Humphrey for the Baltimore Ravens. 91, Dalvin Cook, who we mentioned earlier. Number 90, my boy D-Hop in that Tennessee Titan blue. 89, Marshawn Lattimore. 88, Aiden Hutchison, who I, I, I feels a little bit. He was good as a rookie. Yeah, that feels a little bit high, man. I think he could be much, much lower. He's fantastic. 87, Chris Lindstrom, offensive lineman. For, I think he's the center for the Falcons. 86, Justin Fields. That's an interesting one to be ahead of Trevor Lawrence, given the on-field play, but he's got talent. He's got players around him now. Your boy number 85 coming in is Laramie Tunzel, tackle for the Houston Texans. 84 is Zadarius Smith for the Browns. 83, Teron Armstead from the – we got a run of three Dolphins at 83. 82 is Tua. 81, defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, who I always love when he's mic'd up. He's a great player to listen to yeah. mic'd up. And then number 80 is tight end Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, so my first beef here – is the best left tackle in football is ranked as the 85th best player, and that's Laramie Tunsil. And that's a fact. That's not so you think he's the best thing. left tackle in football. Look it up. Look up Pro Football Focus. He's the highest paid uh, left tackle in the game. He's the best left tackle in the game for a terrible team. <clears throat> Two, uh, Tua and Justin Fields listed over – over uh, Trevor Lawrence is All right, last chance to amend your statement that he is the PFF best-ranked left tackle in football. I haven't looked it All up, right. but it's true. It's not. It's Trent Williams for the San Francisco 49ers. That's the one in okay. one. I'm cool uh, with him being the second He's, best They've got him listed as third. They've got Trent Williams, Lane Johnson for the Eagles, which I can't argue with that. He's he's 85 years old, but okay. But I can't argue with that. He's number. He, uh, he's the best <laughs> okay. pass blocking. I'll, okay. Top three. I will. I will. Top three. Okay. I'll, I'm done. I'll say – I will say Lane Williams and – I mean, Lane Johnson and Trent Williams are better than Larry Tunsil, and I'm not even ashamed. I mean, that. if you're in that you're but, in that neighborhood, you're doing all right. <laughs> but you're telling me that as far as the most – the second most important position in offensive football being the left tackle, the third best one, according <laughs> to Pro Football Focus, Ain't bad. is the 85th best player in football <laughs> yeah, is garbage. That's garbage, man. I yeah, agree. He negoti- he's his own agent and negotiated hit himself – 
to be the highest paid offensive lineman in the history of football. Also had one of the most unlucky draft nights of all time that a picture was released of him at the most inopportune time. Yeah. And of course, you bring this. Up. I just you bring up his lowest point in his life. Oh, I just made up. I, yeah. I didn't. No, just go ahead. I wasn't rubbing no, it in. Go I ahead. said it was a talk about product of talk bad about luck. the lowest point. Go ahead and talk about the lowest point of his life when I'm trying to boost this man's ego. Here. <laughs> it's just a product of bad luck. It's because you're a hater. <laughs> no, it's because he went to Ole Miss. Oh, Drew, we get to do this we, live. They just dropped eighty through seventy-one. Okay, let me finish this. Real you're good. Quick. Yep. So, the people that just missed the cut. Did you see this? Uh. Uh-uh. They released 110 through 101. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you this list and tell me what sticks out for you. You're going to have personal stake in this. Number 108, Kevin Byard. Oh, my gosh. One the, Did not make top one. One of the best safeties in football. Yeah. Cordero Patterson, 109. Uh, uh, so, 110, Quandre Diggs, 109, Cordero Patterson, 108, Kevin Byard from the Titans. That's wild, man. 107, James Bradbury, cornerback for the Eagles. Number six, Joel Batonio from the Vikings. TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings, 105. Jimmy Ward from the Texans, 104. Alvin Kamara. Wow. At 103. Behind Jamal Williams. That's what stuck out to me. Wow. Was that they – and he's not been as effective the last couple well, he's years. Been suspended. And he's got a looming suspension. Yeah. You know, um, that's not even the most shocking to me. 102, Jordan Brooks from the Seahawks. Number 101 from the Seahawks, DK Metcalf. Wow. Did not make the top one. It's stupid. It's because all he does is eat gummy bears. He, he's on record saying his diet is gummy bears, and that's it. <laughs> so is mine. Why don't I look like him? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. What in the heck? Um, but, right. yeah, Kevin uh, Bayer. Send, send me wild. that link. Send me that link. Um, yeah. And and read me and read us the uh, – what we got 80 through or 79 through uh 70. 80 so 79 through 71 is what they they literally just dropped it nfl.com slash plus slash top 100 um let me okay. see i've got to pull up my work computer i can't email it from your personal uh, but so we've got a breaking news for one of the first times in the history of the two buck sports podcast is we get to talk about a live sports list so events so our list just dropped we got mark andrews at number 80 number 79 is dre greenlaw linebacker for the 49ers one of the best linebackers right now in the game 79 feels like it's really low for him um just an absolute missile play for that team beside fred warner great team uh at number 78 here we go again me trying to pronounce names that are outside of the united states we got a samoan uh, Talanda Hufunga. Hopefully that's in the neighborhood. Aaron Ivey, if it's not, you can let me know. I know you will. Uh, 78. 77 is Mr. The Ageless Wonder, the current Ageless Wonder, which would be Mr. Geno Smith, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, a, a surprise pick there. 77 feels a little high for him. I feel like he should be maybe in that honorable mention list, in my opinion, but especially when you got guys like Kevin Byard and I'm still salty about that. Uh, not a fan of that. That's going to mess up my whole night. Uh, number 76 is Tarek Woolen, DB for the, the Seattle Seahawks, 75. Trey Hendrickson, which is a great defensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals, number 91, just an absolute gamer, just plays great football. 
At 74, the aforementioned Garrett Wilson of the New York Football Jets coming in uh, after a great rookie campaign. Opportunity to improve on that at 74. 73, Mr. Buda Baker, defensive back for the Cardinals. I love, I love everything. I'd love everything yeah. about Buda Baker. Great interviews, great on hard knocks, just a good, good football player. 72, Lamar Jackson. That's that's low. That's super low. That's very disrespectful. He's only you're telling me that Lamar Jackson is only four spots better than Geno Smith. Get out of here with that mess, man. Geno coming in at 76. And Lamar at 72, man, or 77 is Geno Smith. 72, Lamar Jackson missed me with that BS. And then another one of my favorite players, even though he's on a, a rival team at 71, is DeForest Buckner. Just a great defensive lineman. And he uh, is just a freaking monster uh, on the defensive line. Rounding out what we have so far in players 80 through 71 that literally just dropped. Again, the biggest thing standing out to me is Lamar is super low, and I think Geno is way too high. Geno at 77 feels like that might be a little high for him. Yeah, so the same argument I have for uh, for Tua and um, um, – shoot, I just went blank. Um, Chicago Bears quarterback. Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields. Uh, for them being over Trevor Lawrence, just – Add Geno Smith to that, yeah. you know, because and so Geno, who had one resurrection, That's it. you know, one season that was good in his whole career, <laughs> and they're like, oh, he's like the seventy fifth greatest player or seventy seventh best player in the NFL this year. And quarterback should be ranked higher, yeah. but he's too high. Dre Greenlaw, I was talking about him. He's one inside linebacker for the Forty ers He's good, man. He's part of that linebacker core in yeah. San Francisco. Seventy nine feels a little little low for him. He's a little high for him. He should be a little bit lower, but there you have it. The up to Trey Hendrickson is a great defensive end. Yeah, for the I, Cincinnati talking about him, fantastic yeah. guy, just a scrapper, a gamer. He always it never fails when Cincinnati makes a big play in the trenches. It's always ninety one is either there or involved. Yeah, I was really upset when the Saints let him walk after he led the led the NFL in sacks that year, and then the next year they let him walk to Cincinnati. And all he's done has gotten better when he got to Cincinnati. Right. Um, what's Shohei Otani going to – where is he going to be playing this time next you week? You know, it's going to be either in New York or L.A., one of the New York teams. I just – I hate it, but he's going to go to the Yankees or the Dodgers. There's just no – where else would you think he would go? I think he stays this year. I don't think they trade. I don't think they trade think him. I think that I think they're in the mix enough to where they don't trade him. But I feel, still think he probably walks in the offseason. He'll be, and that's the and thing. he's going to be a Dodger. Yeah, Dodger, because he loves LA. It's closer to Japan, where his family can watch him still. And I get that it's not the Eastern Time Zone. That's you know even further away. I just I don't know the Angels. Do you let that kind of generational talent walk in the offseason, or do you get everything you can for him? Yeah, I mean, you know he's honestly, gone. you know he's not you, there you next know, year. Yeah, I feel like you've got to trade him, and I know you may have a you have a chance at a run this year. Uh, I haven't. Oh, as I'm talking, I'll pull up the standings here. Uh, they're they've kind of got an outside shot at the playoffs. So if you're looking here at the uh, wild card rank at the wild card standings here, they're four games out of the wild card. And so it's not great odds yeah. uh, for them to make it in. Above them are the Yankees, the Red Sox, and are well, they're the two teams ahead of them to catch Toronto, uh, who would have the third wild card spot, third and final wild card spot. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so it, it doesn't look good. For me, if I'm the general manager of the Angels, you can look at this one of two ways. Uh, he's going to leave anyway, so let's get everything we've got for him. Or it's not outlandish to think that uh, I don't want to be the guy that trades the best baseball player of all time. Yeah. You know, you could have, like, the curse of the Bambino all over again. I mean, 100%, man. And yeah, especially if you let him go to the Dodgers. Which you know that's where he's going to go, and that and now if he does, But if he, do, if he does that in free agency, that's on him. Right. You know, you can make him the enemy. Uh, but if you trade him to the Dodgers, honestly, I would trade him to, like, the White Sox. Yeah, that's a Chicago know, some te- somewhere. Some, yeah, the Royals, mm-hmm. who are just terrible. Like, the Mariners, just up the up the yeah. West Coast. <laughs> Now, he'd stick with the Mariners. That was one of like the final three teams that he had that he was choosing from. Mm-hmm. It was like both L.A. teams and the Mariners, I think, is what it Did was. Did you see Colin Cowherd this week when they were talking about trading? Oh, and my gosh. Talking about trading draft picks. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you can't trade draft picks for prospect for players in professional yeah. baseball. And uh, I've always been honest with this podcast, and so I'll continue it. I didn't know you couldn't trade draft picks in Major League Baseball either. The only reason I knew that is I read that about three or four weeks ago, yeah. maybe six weeks ago, where they were talking about trades. And, like, I kind of read, like, well, why not draft picks or whatever? You can't do it. And then I did that in the well, That's because why do you trade draft picks? Right. I mean, you keep the you keep, you keep kids in the minor leagues for, like, five exactly. years. Why do you need the draft picks? But I, I read that from the comfort of my couch here in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, on my phone. I didn't flesh that out on national <laughs> Not on TV. Fox Sports 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it was funny, and guys like Coward, you know, you like to see him knocked down right. every once in a while, dude. You know, but while we're on professional baseball, man, the Braves are the best team in baseball. It's not close because they're finally healthy, they're clicking. Sure, having Freddie Freeman would be nice, but Matt Olson has been a serviceable He's first baseman, hitting yeah. bombs, just a great player. They're healthy. They get their pitchings. They're almost all the way healthy. They get Strider yeah, and their pitching staff healthy, and they're just going to run the table. If you just rank the Major League Baseball by uh, winning percentage, wins, losses, and standings, mm-hmm. regardless of division or conference or whatever. Um, the second place team is wild to me. This is this is unbelievable. Yeah. So Atlanta's three and a half games over the Baltimore Orioles, <laughs> which is just like we're yeah. not that far removed from them giving Chris Davis a mega contract from a man to strike out three hundred times in a season. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, if you look at the Cardinals, they are forty six and fifty seven after a series win. Over the Diamondbacks, who are pretty mm-hmm. good, uh, they're putrid. Uh, yeah. Right above them, though, is Detroit, the Mets, and the San Diego Padres, who have the biggest payrolls in baseball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not alone, right. but and, we're done. Uh, yeah, the, the Cubs are currently two-two with the White Sox in the bottom of the second. We've been not bad. Like, I mean, we're not great, but considering the team that we have and the rebuilding phase that we're in, we're not awful. We're going to trade Cody Bellinger. He's not going to be a Cub next week. There's rumors they're going to trade him back to L.A. So he walks from L.A., comes to Chicago, signs a deal, and they're going to trade him back to L.A. And so we'll get some for, prospects back <laughs> for less money, right. I'm, oh, sure. I'm sure. So it's a win for it's a win for the for Dodgers. sure. But the Dodgers uh, right and the now, Orioles uh, are the top two destinations for him. Yeah. So the NL Central leader is the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, game and behind, game and half behind them is Cincinnati. Hey, speaking of, did you see? I wanted to talk about this. Ellie Dela Cruz, who we've talked about every week for the last uh-huh. like four four episodes, just a dynamic baseball player. So they were playing. Oh, I'm blanking on who they were playing, but he hit a deep pop fly to center field. 
that the Brewers was it the Brewers? They just finished the three. It was the Brewers. Brewers. And Centerfield catches it just short of the wall. And his next A B they put up there player trivia. Ellie De La Cruz almost hit a home run in the first inning, but not quite. <laughs> and then not that at bat, but the next at bat, he hits a four hundred and forty foot absolute yeah. tank. So in the next game, the one that they played, I think that was two days ago, so yesterday when they played, it popped up player trivia and it said uh, the Brewers sports media team has no further comments about this player. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So uh, Chicago's six and a half games back at Cincinnati. Uh, the Cardinals are four and a half games back of Chicago, and but we're not in last place in the division anymore. <laughs> By uh, half the game. The Pittsburgh Pirates are doing what they're doing best. Losing. And so, uh, for our, yeah. our listeners, we got some Braves fans that listen. They are up ten and a half on the Phillies. They're walking away with that division That's, in in yeah. July. I mean, that division is more or less wrapped up, barring catastrophic injuries. And then uh, for our East Coast and New England listeners, your Boston Red Sox are seven and a half games out of first place from the aforementioned Baltimore Orioles. Tampa Bay is a game and a half back. Toronto's five and a half. But at least good news is you're up a game on the Yankees who are in last place in the division with, again, one of the best rosters in baseball in last place. So do you want to know how dominant Atlanta has been this year? Their run differential (laughs) is plus 142. That's insane. The Texas Rangers, plus 149. They're only up one game on the Astros. Tampa Bay, yeah, it's 141. Can you guess, without looking, what the run differential is for the Oakland Athletics? <laughs> Knowing that the Atlanta Braves are plus 142. They got what? The Braves have won 64 games and lost 35. I mean, they got to be the, like uh, minus one. Oakland Athletics have lo- have won 28 games. I mean, it's got to be like minus 180. You'll try again? 200. Two fifty nine. <laughs> oh God! Shout out Aaron uh, Tinbury, man. Your boys are are trash, but you know who's absolutely raking for them is Brett Rooker for Mississippi State Bulldog. Was an all star yeah. this year, just having a season for what's an otherwise poverty franchise. Right. So I'm glad that uh, Brent Rooker is doing <laughs> well on a terrible team. Listen, man, we got to. Yeah, you know, he's done that. He did that in Mississippi State. He too. did that in Minnesota. And really awesome for a terrible team. Yeah. Well, that team that he was on wasn't bad. It was a World Series team, but didn't win it. But we uh, were there. But, <laughs> yeah. So, and you won it the next That's year. It. So, <laughs> the only him. thing holding you back was Jake Bang- Jake Mangum and Brent Rooker. Yeah, yeah the mayor and holding you back. The man. mayor of Oxford, apparently, two of the best players in, in Mississippi State baseball history, <laughs> couldn't couldn't get us to the promised land, but. Will yep. Bednar did, baby. Forever horns down, yeah. man. Let's go. Will Bednar, shout out. He's a dog. That's all I got for tonight, man. You got anything else? Man, that's all I got. It's a pretty week up here in North Mississippi. It is hot. If yeah. you are outside, uh, don't stay out oh. there for any longer than what you have to. It, avoid the heat. Go to the movies. Go see Oppenheimer. I saw it last yeah, give Saturday us, night. Give us your review. Oh, my gosh. So it was one of those. Did you do Barbenheimer? No, I did didn't. just do Oppenheimer? Just did Oppenheimer. Just did Oppenheimer. What, I don't know that I'm going to see the Barbie movie. It's just not my thing. But I'll say this. When I left the theater, I called you, and I'm like, that was good. It was a good movie. The more I've thought about it, that movie was fantastic. Yeah, you know the movies, like, in the moment, you can have an opinion, but you know if you think if you if it sticks yeah. with you, 
you know that it's so, a, a good, really good Oscar movie. nominations for the music is incredible because you know yeah. the story. Well, it's Hans Zimmer. Right. It's Hans You know Zimmer. the story. Yeah. The music still makes it suspenseful and just makes that movie. The cinematography is unbelievable. And the way they tell their story, because they've got several storylines, they kind of lead into one main one towards the end. That's all I'll tell you. It's yeah. fantastically done. See it in what theaters. What happens at the end? Do they blow up Japan? Not going to say. <laughs> See it in theaters because it was filmed with a 70 millimeter camera made for IMAX theaters. Yeah. See it in theaters. You feel the bomb. Like you feel it when it goes off. And funny story, apparently in some theaters across the country, people were tweeting out that in a very emotional moment of the Barbie movie, you feel and hear the bomb going off from the next <laughs> showing over. Like Barbie's mom apparently is having like a meltdown and it's like, Doom. <laughs> it's like, oh, there goes Japan. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's a, a last I'm, thing, real I've quick. Been it's like a, by this movie. It, last thing I'll say, and I'll let you go ahead. It's it's a celebrity like who's who a list. Yeah, Bernard from Santa Claus is in this movie. Josh, whoa, I, you, that's who you're leading no, 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 with. Th- that's the first one I recognize. I'm like, as soon as he pops on screen, I'm like. Bernard yeah. got fat. Oh, you got Bernard and Josh from Drake and Josh. In like, the, yeah, but then, oh, but you've also you've also building got up. Matt Damon. I'm building up. I'm starting Tony on the low hanging fruit, and then you had okay. Josh Hartnett from Black Hawk Down, and you've got Matt Damon, who I didn't know was in the movie. Robert Downey Jr., um, Milo Remula, who was the uh, Freddie Prince in Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, you got some celebrities in this movie, man. Yeah. Who, what was the guy's I name? Don't know. Played Freddie yeah, Prince. Freddie, no, no, no. Or Freddie Prince? Mercury. I ain't uh, trying it again. <laughs> Remy <laughs> Mulek or Malik or whatever. Remy Malik. Malik. That's yeah. it. I was close to that. Enough. Is you said Milo. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going. I wanted you to justify yourself. I knew you that wasn't right. Milo I knew it wasn't right. Played Freddie Prince. Not not <laughs> Remy Malik that played Freddie Mercury. It's <laughs> it's nine o'clock on the East Coast, man. We're deep in this thing. If you, nine o'clock, Rusty. Nine o'clock. Drew, that's what it's well established on this podcast, and I am an old man. You reference it all the time. A and B. If our <laughs> listeners are still listening to this, shout out because you know I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, that they had to wait a long time for you to mess it up this time. So. I guess good good job making it to the hour and 15 minutes. We're mark. getting better, right? We're getting <laughs> yeah. better. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this movie has been one that's been on my radar for a long time. And I'm not a movie buff. I love going to the movies, but I'm not like a – I hate a critic of a movie, you know, who's who's going to overanalyze and talk about all the, the cinematography and all that. I don't care. It's an interesting story that is about the most – arguably the most uh, – impactful moment in American history uh, post-American Revolution uh, post-Civil War I mean it's the yeah. most impactful moment and, in world and history and a glo- globalist and, and, and yeah. they tell the story so well from all the different and angles so, and I'm also uh, when I come to movies I'm very much averse to spoilers I don't want to know anything don't tell me anything but this is a story I know and so I've really kind of been preparing to watch it by diving into like details like i want to know everything that happens and then i want to then i want to see it play out because i don't want to miss any details when i go watch it because i am going to go watch it in theaters uh sooner rather than later and so i'm really excited about it i can't i couldn't be more excited about it i love killian murphy i love matt damon and everything that he's ever been in i love rdj and he's so, so good in this movie man. i love drake and josh <laughs> bernard 
<laughs> I love the elf from the Santa Claus Listen, movie. Listen, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., like, I'm just telling you, he's so good in this movie, man. He, like, steals yeah. it. He's so freaking... Oh, please go watch it so we can talk about it. That movie was fantastic. Yeah, yeah I've been, I'm going to watch it. I can't tell you when. And let me ask you this, just because I'm curious. Because, you, like you said, they shot it on, what, 70 millimeter mm-hmm. camera for... It is designed for IMAX. Mm-hmm. The aspect ratio in which it was filmed is for IMAX. Is that weird in just a normal thing? It's theater? not. I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be distorted, is it but like it's not. Square? Mm-hmm. Is it like square? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. No, you good, it, that's one you appreciate the like the angles that they use. You appreciate the height of the mushroom cloud. You appre- like It helps you to see it. It's It wasn't weird at all. It felt very normal. Um, it, yeah, it was. it was very, very well done. All right, let me ask you this one thing for the listeners that are that are still with us and hanging on and curious about this. So obviously, this is a hotly contested thing that happened. It's a, it was a major development that changed the course of wars going forward. You know, there's all you know. You think after you know they dropped the bomb on um, on Japan in 1946, and so after that you have the Cold War, and then you. Where you've all you're terrified that Russia's going to drop a nuke on us, and then you go through different history, and now we're in like a war with Ukraine, uh, war with Russia over Ukraine, or Russia's in war. We're not, I don't not know, yet. technicality, I guess. But like, there's always that fear that somebody's going to drop a nuke. So watching the history and what led up to it, I was always raised to like that was necessary. You know, America first, and you had to. I know it was dirty, but you had to win the war to save you. You sacrificed a lot of innocence in Japan to save a lot of people in America. You know, do you feel like after watching the movie, does it present it in a way to leave you thinking like, was it worth it? That's a pivotal scene in the movie, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, okay. they address that. Because they address that very, very much. It's very pointed. Right. Because I know that J. Robert Oppenheimer, you know, he became a celebrity after this, and he struggled with that for much of his life. It's not giving anything away. Y'all know know the story. He was a a proponent of the atomic bomb and then was staunchly against a hydrogen bomb, which have been even more destructive than the A-bombs, and they talk about that. They talk about his complex political beliefs. They don't shy away from womanizing that he did. So, FYI, if you go to watch it, uh, Florence Pugh. Don't take your kids. Yeah, Florence Pugh is naked more than she's not in this movie, which is just it's just odd. There's a couple scenes where it's yeah. like where did that come from, but anyway, um, yeah. they they don't shy away from controversial topics. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, it's just it's one of those things because you know it in American history if you if you look at it going up to that it's it's we need to do this before Germany does because we need to be the creators of the bomb so that we have. We don't want to be hit with a bomb without knowing that, you know, you don't want to drop a bomb on somebody and overkill. And what you know. you'll find out. But if they were to drop one on us and we didn't have the capabilities, that would look really bad. And so, but since we did develop it first mm-hmm. and we did drop two of them three days apart on Japan uh, and Germany never quite figured it out in time, then you were the ones that put nuclear bombs on the map, mm-hmm. literally. And they talk about that in the movie. They talk about how the vast majority of the bomb developers were of Jewish descent. 
and right. they highlight there's Einstein, Niels Bohr, Heisenberg, Teller, all these major physicists and scientists that we all know their names because of their their right. their their posterity in history are in this movie and they talk about their in each is individual role leading up to it's just it's been i'm telling you it's well done see it well in theaters done. go why it's, it's stuck with me it's a movie that i'm glad christopher nolan 100 you know because he's, he's really good especially in longer movies that have the tendency to drag like you don't want a long movie just for the sake of having a long movie mm-hmm. but if it takes time to tell the story i trust him to tell the story yeah and, and again, when my buddy Josh booked it, he was like, we're going to see this movie this weekend. I'm like, cool. I mean, what time? He said 5.50. I'm like, 5.50, man. Like, I go to the beach. Like, I'm going to have to get off the beach mm-hmm. at like 3, 3.30 to go home, get cleaned up, and drive all the way up to Myrtle. Why 5.50? And then I looked up how long said movie was, and I'm glad we saw it at 5.50 because it is three hours. It's solid three it is hours. Every down of the minute, man. And it's it's one of those that will stick with you. I've thought about it several times since. And like you said, that's how you know a movie was well done and go see Oppenheimer. Good. Hopefully by the time we talk next Wednesday, I've seen it. Uh, I'm not going to make any promises, but I will promise that I will see it in theaters. Yes. And when I do, we will come back and talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Drew, tell me what's your top pet peeve. What's the one thing this past week that made you madder Ooh. than anything? Oh, uh, my top pet peeve. Shoot, Rusty. I've got like 50. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I got just, I had, I've had a dozen in the last half hour. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, shoot. Uh, what can I do? What can I say on here without getting in trouble? Uh, trying and true, one thing that'll make me matter in anything in the world is driving in the left lane. You know, but I think that's every male's, yeah. you know. Um, so while you're thinking of yours, I'm going to tell you mine because you kind of have. Oh, I tell you what. I, I tell you what. Oh. Uh, my kids have gotten into this thing to where if the garbage can is full, they will continually stack things on top and make just mm. this trash mountain mm. to where I have to, like, knock things into the floor to bag it up. And today's trash day, so that's what it came up. And so I'm like, get a freaking bag, take that outside, and put it in another bag. We're not running low on trash bags in the Gann household. We got plenty. Go use them. <laughs> Quit making trash mountain over here. <laughs> Mine, you kind of, that's a good one. That's a solid one. I can't stand overflowing trash cans. Um, that's a solid one. You kind of have stole my thunder. Mine, it happened to me twice today. I'm driving along, and somebody's riding my tail. They pass me and then slow down. And then I pass oh, them, yeah. and then they pass me again. And it's like, make up your mind. Either stay behind me or beside me, but don't merge over in front of me and then make me have to pass you again. Like, you either you're either hot or cold. I need you to make a decision on what we're going to be here. You can be my yeah, pace car, people, or you need to stay behind me. Yeah, some people just need to be in front of people. Like they can't ride behind anybody. And that's fine. Go ahead. And I'm just like, brother, just set your cruise control. I'm not slowing down so that you can speed up. But if you want to, if you want to get out from behind me, then put the pedal down and get on with you. That's it. Or otherwise. Stay back there behind me. See that Memphis Grizzly decal in the back of my truck. Hang out back there, and we're going to roll. Yeah. You'll, you'll get there a little early, yeah. but I ain't going 90. That's it. You can, so. you can draft with me all the way there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slingshot engaged. Engaged. All right, brother. Tell them where they can find us at. Yeah, so you can find us at Twitter at the number two buck sports podcast. That's the same on Twitter as it is Instagram number two buck sports podcast interact with us there uh, we really love our Instagram so that's uh, if you want to get us 
Uh, we promise if Rusty doesn't read it next week, we'll get to it the next. Yep. We'll uh, get to it eventually. You, yeah, YouTube is on the Two Bucks Sports Podcast, and you, we are available on any podcast platform. Uh, check us out on Apple or Spotify. And uh, reach out to us this week. Let us know your thoughts, concerns. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, and we'll talk. To, we will talk about it next week. Uh, but until then, uh, just hang out with us. Tell your friends. Enjoyed it, buddy. We'll see you next week. All right, guys. See y'all. See ya.